How much do you know about pregnancy and alcohol? The reality may surprise you. Alcohol exposure while in the womb may cause fetal alcohol spectrum disorder in unborn children. It may lead to lifelong physical and or neurodevelopmental impairments such as problems with memory, attention, cause and effect reasoning, and difficulties in adapting to situations. For such an impactful disorder, it is rarely spoken about in the popular media. This podcast will take you behind the scenes to chat with the people who understand FASD. This is Pregnancy and Alcohol, The Surprising Reality. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of Pregnancy and Alcohol, The Surprising Reality. I'm your host and friendly neighbourhood podcaster, Kurt Lewis. In this episode, I'm chatting with an adult with FASD. He has recently launched his own podcast series called The FASD Brain, the first podcast series in the world to be launched by someone with this invisible disability. I'm joined here today with Gilberto Spencer. How's it going, Gilberto? Going amazing, thank you. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Weather's looking nice, summer's almost here, it's it's uh, all rosy really outside at the moment. What do you think? Yeah, I'm loving it. Finally, we get to enjoy this summer because, you know, we had the fires last year and yeah. COVID and the lockdown. But now it seems like very looking forward to this summer and to the months ahead. So what do you do to relax? Do you, do you like to read, binge watch a TV series? This is a good question for me because before understanding about myself, I didn't relax. I was always stressed and I was always like with this sense of urgency of being bored. But now that I have improved quite a lot, what I actually do to relax, I like to go for walks. I like to be in the water. I like to swim and I love like riding my bike around exercising and being active it really helps me and being out and about and in the nature that really relaxes me i always find it very relaxing going like on a bike or something like that yeah you just still the fresh air at the end of the day and that feeling of freedom that you know that you're exercising as well nothing quite like it is it especially when you're like riding along a beach or something like that yeah exactly there's so many cool places what led you to being diagnosed with FASD and how has this diagnosis affected your life? So what got me to look into it and actually receive my diagnosis and I was pretty shocked about it because I had never heard about FASD. I had no clue. I didn't know it existed. And this is something that I share in my first episode because as you mentioned in your intro to this podcast, this is something that is not mentioned in the popular media. And for me, I went 33 years without no one mentioning it. Parents, teachers, doctors, no one had ever mentioned it. It was until I asked myself, because one of my friends was pregnant and she was very excited. She was expecting her first baby seeing her how much she was looking after herself that the fact that she will not eat or she will not drink a lot of things this is when the first time i I asked myself because she will always say this is i cannot eat this i cannot drink that it's not good for the baby and this is the very first time that i asked and i wonder like you know like could it be a correlation here to many of my struggles in my case my mom has 
struggle with alcohol. And ever since she was a teenager to this date, it's, it's a huge problem. I put things together and I started looking into it. What was very surprising is I've been around in so many places and it seems like nobody who had crossed my path knew about it. And it's not like I've been living under a rock. So yeah, very surprising. Like before I started doing this podcast, I had no idea about FASD. I like to think I knew quite a bit at the time, but I didn't know a lot about FASD and the story behind it. How has that affected your life, being diagnosed with FASD? When I first found out about my diagnosis, I, I think it has affected me in a positive way because I always say that the worst part about FASD is not FASD itself. For me, it has or was not knowing that I had it. That was the worst part. And at first, as you can imagine, it's hard, especially when you don't know what it will mean or how to process all the information that you are reading. It was really hard breaking for me to just read on the screen like things like irreversible and permanent brain damage. So at first it was hard, but once I actually processed it and all the emotions settled, I actually had more clarity in, in a way that FSD gave me a lot of answers. And FSD really empowered me because I went from thinking that I was dumb to feeling great because I think I have done a lot of interesting things in my life. And I think like despite all of my challenges, I have probably accomplished more than your average typical person without FSD. So it really helped me understand myself and yeah, give me answers. That's definitely how it affected me. What are like your top three? What do you think are your greatest achievements? One of the most recent things is that I've got to found my own company. It's a tech company. The story behind the company is that it was never my intention to become an entrepreneur or to make money. I just wanted to help people. And I was working in medical and disability claims. So seeing how hard it was for people to go through the claim process is that I came up with the idea to improve things for everyone involved, pitched the idea to two of my, of my co-founders. And now, four years later, that company who started in Australia now is based in the U.S. We have employees in Florida and Michigan there. We have an office in Sydney CBD. We have a distributed team in other places like in Africa and South America and Argentina and Brazil and Mexico, where I'm originally from. So I think that's quite an achievement, I guess. I'm, I'm very proud of... That's of, honestly amazing to me. <laughs> I saying. It sounds bloody amazing. I think that's number one for me and one of the most recent. Number two, I will say that, that I have been able to leave work, study in many different places and many different countries. I have traveled the five continents. And number three, I think it's being able to improve myself 
being able to understand myself with FSD. And I now feel very proud because when I went through my diagnosis with, with FSD, as you can see, the assessment is quite long. So it took about nine months. And during the assessment, I was seen by a lot of professionals and you know, doctors, specialists. And so I saw neurologists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors, and occupational therapists, and audiologists, and sleep doctors, and this and that. But what for me, when it comes to improvement, was coaching. That was what really helped me improve. And now, how can I apply all this to help others like me? So now, I'm very proud because I have developed like framework and I have put all this to help other people with FASD to improve the way that I have improved. So now I have become a brain coach. I have just been recently been certified as a brain coach. I've been in my previous life, I've been always in corporate and recent years as an entrepreneur, like running my own company. Mm. But now I really want to want to really dedicate my life in helping others because FSD has really given me like a purpose in life. You know, we all looking for a meaningful purpose and how is that we can make a difference. And I found in FSD that that's my calling in life. So I think that those will be my three main things that I'm very proud of. Just a clarification. What is a brain coach exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to teach other people with FASD, how is they can improve mm. their brain. What is it like living with FASD? Can you like share us some examples about how the symptoms impact your life? Yeah. So, and I'm going to ask you this, like, have you ever thought about punching someone in, in the face because they made you mad or you were frustrated? Yes. Yes. If, if I'm being honest that I have a few times. <laughs> I think we all have at some point, right? Yeah. But I guess that you probably didn't punch that person in the face, right? No, no. But maybe when I was uh, <laughs> little, I suppose, I was a bit less controlled. When you want to punch someone on the face, this is probably the amygdala, the most primitive part of a brain talking to you. And why you didn't punch that person in the face? Because right after having that thought, your prefrontal cortex will come to the rescue and will intervene and will tell you what is not a, a good idea to punch that person in the face. It will tell you all the reasons. It will picture the trouble that you will be in and all the consequences. Having FASD is exactly like having that part of your brain that tells you why it's not a good idea, switch off. Mm. So you just go for it. You know, you just don't think. You don't think consequences. You don't see what's going to happen. You just... You felt like punching someone in the face, you punch that person in the face. And it can be the pretty much with a lot of our impulses and our behaviors. And we see it in, in teenagers and adolescents, right? Like the prefrontal cortex, it's not fully developed. It's about 80% developed at that stage. And that's why you can see impulsivity, not making good decisions. So that's what is it like to have FSD? But other things of how FSD are present in my life. Like I also have problems with my balance and my coordination. I have sensory issues. I'm very slow and to everything, like to walk, to shower, to get ready. I found out 
that recently through the assessment that I don't hear high frequencies that in my world, high frequencies just don't exist. It's also through the assessment that I learned that I have ADHD, so untreated, undiagnosed, and it's quite common. And I have memory problems, especially with my long-term memories. I can learn things, but it will go away, like it will disappear. And especially long-term, like things, periods of time. I went to uni for five years. I cannot remember much. But I just know which city, like the building and the years probably, but I cannot see myself being there for five years studying in a classroom, things like that. It also is like chronic anxiety. I also was diagnosed with trauma, depression, PTSD, disorders, of course, executive functioning, which that was the example that I was giving you. And when I was reading about it. It's like, wow, I get it. This is me. <laughs> and especially executive functioning, like how to control behaviors, impulses, urges. And when I think back, I have put myself in many, many, many risky situations because I didn't know that all this was coming from a place. So having the awareness has really helped me. Do you wish that you received a diagnosis earlier in your life? I mean, do you think it would have made a positive difference if you had learnt about FASD, learnt about all the quirks, all the symptoms much earlier in life? As I mentioned, like knowing has been so positive. Yeah. And not knowing was and is the worst part. For me, like, you know, the saying, like, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you will believe that he's stupid. So... I felt like I didn't know I was a fish. So I was just trying and trying to climb the tree. So knowing that I was a fish and, uh, and that it's fine, fish don't climb trees, it's fine. Like it put me at ease. I love uh, that metaphor, by the way. I had not thought that, yeah, that's just amazing metaphor to describe. <laughs> like that. So imagine how frustrated was the fish. Mm, <laughs> like hating, hating himself, uh, beating himself up every day. What I want everyone to know so this is the message that i want to spread to other people who's listening with fsd like do not fight for your limitations and i'll tell you why it's so important to know holding to your limitations because this is a perfect example for me did you know that before 1954 it was thought impossible to run a mile on the four minutes. No. So it was just thought impossible. Everyone thought it, it's just a fact. It's how it is. And this is a common belief. So it was until 1954 that someone actually ran a mile in three minutes and 59 seconds. Wow. So what teaches us here that runners were held back by the mindset, by a common belief, not because it was physically impossible. They just accepted as a reality. And when others saw that that limit was broken, that they could do something, how powerful that mindset was in holding people back, that only 46 days after, after proving they were wrong is that an Australian actually beat that 3 minutes and 59 with 3 minutes and 58. 
Wow. And it just got better and better. I want to teach people what's possible because it's not until someone does it that everyone's like, oh, I can do it too. That's a very uh, powerful message at the end of the day. That we yeah. can go beyond our limitations. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I want to be. I want to be an example of what's possible because when I learned about my FSD, as I said, the outlook was very, really sad. And I wish I had a role model, like someone with FSD who I can look up to and who can show me that everything is possible, either if you have FSD or or not, right? So I want to be that example I wish I had, and that is my motivation. And also, I want to share something that changed me because when speaking about role models and when other people inspire you, it's so powerful. And I want to do this because when I was going through my diagnosis, which again, as soon as I read FASD, I knew I had it. I went through the assessment and I found so many things about me. But the what I wanted to say was that at the time I heard about the story about Robin Roberts. I don't know if you're familiar with her. No, um, no, I don't believe I am. She's a famous American TV anchor and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she shared that she was very scared about telling others. She thought about hiding it and I felt the same like I was like what am I gonna do now should I hide it I don't want to tell others like how am I gonna be seen or perceived but what she did instead and this is a quote from her and now I'm making it my own she said make your mess your message and this is exactly what I want to do I want to make my mess my message because she created a lot of awareness about breast cancer by being brave enough and speaking up about her condition. So for me, yeah, I was very scared at some point, but now it's, I want to inspire others. I want to create awareness. Yeah. And I want to show what's possible. So I guess that kind of leads into my next question about, I know <laughs> recently you've just launched your podcast, your own podcast, the FASD Brain making the first person in the world with FASD to launch your own podcast, which is huge, by the way, huge. What made you want to launch your own podcast about FASD? I'm guessing you wanted to help inspire people? Yeah, so I actually didn't know that I might be the first person with FASD to host a podcast. Well, until, make their own podcast, host uh, and make their own podcast. I think yeah, it's, it's until... Been taking it so long, but I'm finally pulled it off. But I didn't know until you told me that. So thanks for that. <laughs> that motivates me to do it. Yes, it was exactly what I mentioned. Like I want to inspire and motivate others. But another big reason for me was that I feel very isolated in a way that I I have never met another person with FSD. I want to connect with my tribe. It's always very important and I know that they are there and I don't know, I just, I, I need, I need this. I don't know. I feel like I found out that I was adopted and I need to <laughs> meet my biological parents, you know, like I feel this, I need to connect to my tribe. I need to connect to my people because I know they are struggling and I really 
want to help them improve if they want to improve. I mean, for me, what I really want to plant a seed, it's curiosity, being very curious about themselves. For example, let's think about this. I want them to be curious from a place of understanding, of place of love and peace, but not to beat yourself up or not to say that you're a horrible person, but to say, okay, what is happening? Try to take a step back and see, like be an observer of what's happening. So I think for me, this has been huge. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I, I want to create awareness because it was unbelievable for me that I have never heard about FSD through all my life. And what was also, it was very surprising for me. A lot of people say that FSD is an invisible disability, but I mean, I agree. But on the other hand, I think that we don't know what to look for because we are not aware of it because the behaviors are not invisible. And in my own case, you know, only 5% of people who has FSD share a very facial characteristics. I don't, I'm only 95% who don't have those characteristics, but I have other abnormalities in my body, you know, like my hands. I have like my, my right hand, my pinky is bent inwards, which is common for people with not only FSD, other neurodevelopmental conditions and my feet as well, like toes, some abnormalities on my ears. I have what is called the railroad track. And for me, it's like, this is not invisible. And now that I'm aware of them, they're quite visible. I mean, I can see, see my hands, my feet, my ears, and it's very visible. But when you don't know what to look for, they can be invisible or you won't see them. So that for me, I want to create awareness. I just couldn't believe that I have never seen this and never had seen this before. So, and, and again, I want to change the benchmark. I want to tell people you can improve. Again, no more, oh, it is what it is. I have SD. And it's okay. I'm like, everyone can take their own approach. But for me, and I'm just speaking about me, but I feel like if I accept my limitations, for me, it will have been like not taking control of what I can do. We need to question what's possible. You know, this is so clear in everyone because if we accept the limitations, which we all have, this is a problem. For example, if I ask you, how much do you earn monthly? You will say X amount. Mm. And probably you are earning that amount because you think that's the amount that you can earn. You are accepting your limitation. This is the amount that I can earn per month. And this is it. I mean, you know, or when someone say, oh, I want to, I want to lose five pounds or three kilos. Like, why don't you want to lose 20? <laughs> it's because they think that they can only lose three or five. Mm. The minute that, you kind of announce that out, you, you're accepting it. Um, but if you, it, if you choose to go beyond that, if you choose to set the bar higher, then you are moving that limitation, I suppose. Yeah, and it was really hard for me yeah. because I had a very fixed mindset. Yeah. Like, it was all 
black or white. I could not try things out. I could not change things. I would rage and be, you know, if you move one thing, the whole thing is ruined, nothing works. There's no gray area if you have FSD or this was the case for me. I could not try new things because it will just put me off. Mm. And I have to learn to try to be flexible and have courage to learn things. And even though I was very frustrated, okay, I was like, okay, why did I learn from trying this thing? And why is that I'm feeling like that? Why do I feel like I cannot do things differently? So that kind of leads to my last question. Do you think there's more our listeners could be doing as individuals or we could be doing as a whole society to support people with FASD? I think that we as people with FASD, we need to to control and fight for our rights because we cannot sit and expect that other people will fight our battles. I think that it's our job to educate others about FASD because it's the same, right? I'm sure there are other thousand conditions and diagnosis that are probably not advocating for them because I'm not relating to them. So I think it's our job to educate people. It's our job to tell them why it's important, why they should care about it. Even if someone says, well, I don't have kids. I'm a guy. I'm never going to be pregnant. I'm never going to have a kid. But you will have a niece. You will have a nephew. I think we really need to do our job in, in educating people and fight for our rights. And my goal is that this will be something that everybody will know. It has been very disappointing because sometimes because I cannot blame other people for not knowing or for not caring. We need to let them know why they should care. But for example, when I was going through the diagnosis, I came across some medical practitioners and even my that have never heard about it. One of my two neurologists I saw, he said, oh, you don't have facial features. (laughs) You don't have a face D. I mean, I will expect that you wouldn't know because I didn't know. So how can I blame others? But also I cannot blame the doctor because probably they never heard about it in their universities at the school. So I think this is an, for me, it's a, like a call out for organizations, educational institutions to talk about this to the people who will be our specialists our doctors who will treat us i think it is really important but it's not being mentioned it's not about blaming anyone probably the school didn't know about it but that's why i've been thinking you know i want to show up at school i want to show up at the neurologist department at the social working department at the nurse department with teachers yeah. So, and I want to create some videos and materials because I probably cannot show up in every single <laughs> university, but just to make sure that it's promoted and it's included, right? Yeah. And it's out there for people. It's a resource that people can use and educate others with. 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Gilberto, I'd like to thank you for sitting down and chatting with me. You're a very amazing person. I'm really looking forward to to listening your more of your FASD Brain podcast. I'm sure it's amazing and looking forward to hearing more from you. Thank you for sharing your audience with me. I hope that this was helpful for them and that they have enjoyed it as much as I did. Well, if anyone's interested in hearing more from Gilberto and more of this podcast, the link to his podcast is in the show notes below. So please, I implore you, click on it. Give him a listen. He's got a lot to say on this, this subject, and we've only just scratched the surface here today. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Ciao. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pregnancy and Alcohol, The Surprising Reality. Please tune in next week for another episode of Our Little Podcast. If you like this podcast episode, then please show your support by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Every little bit helps. All rights reserved. For more information about FASD, then please go to www.nofasd.org.au.